Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome to Hi Bob, the officially unofficial For All Mankind podcast on Apple TV+. I'm Jim. I'm Aaron. And today we're talking about Season 3, Episode 8, titled The Sands of Ares. Uh, Aaron, what do you think of this episode? I thought this was a great episode. I thought, um, you know, I, I I don't like disasters, obviously, but I do think that this show excels at showing very smart, driven, capable, and equipped people responding to them. And mm-hmm. it's always thrilling. Uh, I like the human side of what was going on you know the the poor amber and jimmy and and karen on the ground i like ed and danny being locked up and uh i'm i uh i'm feeling i'm feeling a little bit different about danny not that i and i I never (laughs) thought that he was i always thought he was kind of the victim obviously of karen's uh cougarish predations but uh Mm -hmm. boy this this episode here framed him as just a really tragic figure that has been bearing guilt and shame for something he did as a child uh Mm -hmm. and never has has talked about or acknowledged and i felt uh like i was right there with ed man like he just wanted to comfort the poor boy uh but i mean (laughs) it's one of those things where it doesn't exactly swipe the wipe the slate clean but it does Uh it does contextualize them i yeah i thought this episode was a was another incredible one what'd you think yeah no i I think the the danny and ed stuff is is borderline brilliant um emotionally it takes me to a place with danny i honestly didn't think i could get uh and, and they do it all with stuff that we could have or should have seen and understood in the past. Uh, like his relationship with Shane was very important um, in shaping who he was, especially, you know, now that we know exactly the nature of that relationship. But I think we had, we had inclinations uh, or indications rather earlier on uh, yeah. And yeah, him, him explaining to Ed, just like how he did all these terrible things to, to Shane and the guilt he must've felt it. It, it did a remarkable job of, connecting Ed and Danny um, emotionally because Ed felt the same way, right? Like the, the, the I love the stuff with the, um, the suits in, in the, the hab here where like first Danny doesn't want to get in the suit. He's suit. He's like, what's the point? And then Ed changes this his mind. So fucking ugly. Suit. Might as well die looking awesome. <laughs> right. I'm not going yeah. out like this. Uh, <laughs> and then Ed doesn't want to get in the suit after that, but it's because he's kind of realized how horrible he's been to the people in his life. And, 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 you know, he, he's obviously having like a moment here where he's, he's lost objectivity and, and the, the the true scope of his life. But like, there is a connection there where they understand each other on a fundamental level. And I think that to me did so much to sympathize Danny as a character. And I, I thought it was great really great yeah and i feel like this i feel like this guy does a really good job of playing this kind of haunted tragic quality he's been such a giant gaping asshole but like you know 
there, there's a lot going on here. And also, I want to shout out a scene partner, Joel Kinnaman. Uh, mm-hmm. This show has completely changed my mind of what he is capable of. We talked about in second season, that scene in the living room with uh, Kelly and Karen, where Kelly says, yeah. uh, you know, she's going to Annapolis. Um, like, he's got a lot of range. And what he was doing there, where he's really, you know, dealing with the fact uh, that if he dies, if it's the last time he spoke to his daughter, that he mm-hmm. was dismissive and combative with her, just like he was with his 12, uh, what was he 12, 13 year old son uh, right yeah. before he got, he got killed. It's uh, that's a, that's a lot for a dad to take, man. Uh, sure. And I thought he was really sure. And then, then going from that kind of self pity to genuine empathy for poor Danny and what he's been through. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's so funny because like when we were watching this, we're watching it as a family. I, I, the, my, the, my kid's big time and now watching for all mankind ahead of everybody else. <laughs> Uh, uh-huh. But it's, he loves this show and we're all watching and I notice how transfixed my family is during the scene. And I'm like, man, these dumb fuckers are going to forget that explosion is about to go off and watch them get sucked <laughs> into it. And then another three, four minutes went by and I got sucked uh-huh. into it where I so like we all three like jumped when that uh uh, explosion went off because I compl- I got so wrapped up in their conversation and their connection that I myself yeah forgot that obviously and it happens at the most like pin drop moment where he's about to spill his beans on the Karen situation and uh and I love this setup because there's there's a plausible out here for Danny if mm -hmm. what I think is going to happen is that you know Ed's going to come to him and say hey that thing that you said you needed to tell me about before we were both going to die uh what was that and and Danny can say he's got two options right he can tell him about Karen or he could go with the what I think is the easier out, which is probably the rat he'll take and say, I took my eye off the ball for the drilling thing. Um, it, it, there, there's a th- there's a real confession he can make here that does not involve Karen. So I, I don't know what they're going to do with that. I assume they're going to have him not tell Ed. But we'll there the thing is, is like, man, because now he's got this before, trauma with Nick, too, right? Like, th- right. that's the other thing. Because yeah. I was about to say that, like, before it turned out that, um, you know, Danny got so sympathetic in, in the final moments of this episode, I was, like, kind of afraid that Danny was going to try to pin everything on Nick. Oh, God. Because uh-huh. who 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 the fuck would know otherwise? Dead, and dead I think there's tell no tales. It's tell no tales. And I was super worried when Nick showed up dead because I'm like, God, Danny's gonna get off scot free with this bullshit. This That's sucks. what I thought. And and I'm I'm a little afraid that now that Ed feels even more sorry for Danny, that what's going to happen is Danny's going to try to confess, and Ed's going to be like, Here's what you do. Nick dropped the ball. Like you know, mm-hmm. yeah, you know, like we're like we're, we're going to live with that guilt, but. We We're going to put this career. on Nick and you'll, we'll save yeah. your career. Exactly. And it's another time where Danny could hit rock bottom, but I, I hope not. I hope that this is rock bottom. Jesus Christ. So much <laughs> death. And I felt like they dealt with everyone appropriately. Like Nick was enough of a character at this moment that uh-huh. uh, uh, I felt bad for him. Uh, they are so good at taking a little, few, uh, little moments like her bonding with Nick over the puppy to make us feel as Isabel, uh, the Cuban astronaut cosmonaut um and uh you know then peloton of course right alexi yeah uh and i just thought i was 
really emotionally affected by the end of this episode, you know, with the Danny and Ed stuff and then Kelly just bereft uh, her, uh, you know, honestly, the Jimmy stuff. I I was I was surprised how emotional it got down on the planet, too. And of course, it's an emotional situation. But for me as a viewer, like I was surprised how much impact just seeing Amber and Jimmy have that moment together when they realized their brother and or husband is going to be safe. It, yeah. it was really affecting. Even though Jimmy's a big, the giant piece of shit, he loves his brother. Kind of because and... he is, right? Like, mm. it, it, it almost works more because he's being a shit through that whole episode. Because then yeah. you connect it with the trauma that Danny has, right? And then you're seeing yeah. the parallels between the two. And, of course, Jimmy has a lot of trauma, right? He's just the one who rebelled against being the person that everybody told him he should be. So, he's like mm-hmm. an equal and opposite thing going on with his brother. And so that, that moment was really affecting. That moment was really affecting. And then, like, of course, you know, Kelly sobbing over her father and he can do nothing really to comfort her. You know, he tries, mm-hmm. but like, it's just a, a shit situation. Um, I wonder what kind of it, this is going to do, because it's also clear to me that everyone is going to be in one base now. Yeah. And yeah. the other shoe that we're talking, we haven't talked about dropping is as much business as there is between Ed and Danny. There's now business between Danny and Kelly. Like if Kelly finds out right. that Danny essentially caused all this, that's going to be a real, real yeah. blow. Cause they were, they've, they've always been de- de- depicted as being close. Uh huh. You know? Yeah. They've been neighbors growing up with astronaut parents. Sure. Yeah. Sure. Went to didn't. Uh, and I, I assumed that they went to Annapolis together because like Danny was a first year, I believe, and she was going to enroll the next year. So they probably piled around a lot. Yeah. Yeah, you could be right. Uh, and then in NASA, my God, that's a very small community. Uh, so yeah. then both, both the astronauts or at least the astronaut candidates. Yeah, I, I um, as, as much as I love the space drama, the human drama is what uh, grounds it and makes it all, you know, matter. Uh, Absolutely. Yeah. All right. Um, maybe we should. Get it's into so the funny because uh, when I looked at this uh, this episode title, you see the sands of Aries. I'm like, oh, the sands of war. God the fucking war, Russians yeah. and Americans are going back at it, and maybe North Korea's un- <laughs> single man probe's going to have a pistol too. It'll be a three nation, and it's not. It's uh, the sands of Aries are literally the sands of Mars that almost uh, killed Danny and and Ed. Uh, that whole landslide was a lot more of a thing than I thought it would be. Like, I guess I didn't really think about how much earth we're, well, I'm sorry, Mars, how much regolith we're talking about Mm -hmm. at such a steep angle and at low gravity, how that could flow. And yeah, damn 20 meters deep. That's 60 feet for us Americans. That's, that's a lot of digging you'd have to do if it weren't for devs. Oh yeah. Fairly elegant solution. Yeah. Yeah. I'm a little pissed that dev gets like a big moment to shine here. Cause I, I feel like he's been a shit for the last few episodes I didn't want him to get this glory, but yeah, but he's not a full time shit. Yeah. Like that's the thing. It's like, we're, we're talking about on the feedback episode to like, you know, uh, can, can you have an evil black Elon Musk? And I'm like, Mm -hmm. I don't even think Elon Musk is evil. I think he's not as smart about nearly as many things as he thinks he is, but he's got that smart, rich powerful guy in where he assumes that his smartness and domain expertise just translates all domains um yeah, and i yeah. feel like the dev is the same guy but like they're not 
I, I, you know, Dev as portrayed doesn't seem like he is a, a monster. And it seems like he had a little bit more of a hard scrabble life <laughs> than Elon's uh, diamond mine daddy did or Ruby, Ruby mine, emerald mine, whatever fucking precious stone it is. Yeah. So, yeah, no, his I, priorities are just a little out of whack, but. I, yeah. I like that they humanize Dev a little bit because he is a piece of shit, but he also, totally. you know, wants to, he doesn't want this, his people to die up there. Uh, no, no. And yeah, I did like that story, that backstory about his dad and, you know, Margo's dad and how they were similar and then how, you know, Dev mm-hmm. would probably, Dev's dad would probably be proud of him um, having achieved what he achieved. You would even think. If, even with a failure like this, right? So. He's his dad is easy. No, he's really competitive. He's always if you're not first, you're last, and that's uh, why Dev destroyed that monitor because he <laughs> sure he really embraces the way of the Ricky Bobby. All right. Well, before we talk this episode out, we should probably get to the recap. Yes. Uh, let's start off with the team at the NASA Hab in Happy Valley feeling the landslide from the drilling accident, and they're trying to raise Helios on the radio. And when they can't raise them, Danielle decides to go help them as they wait for more information from the orbiting Phoenix, who's about eight minutes out from their window of opportunity here. Uh, with the benefit of hindsight, I'm I, I've, I've been I've been teasing. I've been kicking around this. Uh, Danielle was the best <laughs> candidate for mission commander to Mars, right? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, she is just so calm, collected and locked in during all these disasters and like just like, you know, given given orders like a boss, uh, getting things prepared, keeping her people chilled out. Uh, yeah. Again, I, I, I still think it's debatable. And uh, I, I don't think Molly uh, uh, was committing malpractice when she nominated Ed as the, the head. But who? Yeah. Dan- Danielle's got the stuff. She's got the right stuff. Yeah, for sure. Speaking of Molly, we haven't seen her in a few episodes. Do you think she's coming back at all this season? I don't know. I thought she was filming more. something else. And uh, I mean, they, I, I, even if they did, like, it'll be for like a scene because, yeah, there. Yeah. I don't think she's going to have a, a set piece. Seems like they had her for two or three episodes and uh, she's still kicking around. Obviously, she's painting um, mm-hmm. to bring her back with, you know, the, the painting scene. Yeah, all that stuff. The goo balls. Yeah. Yeah. But they did not. So probably I, not coming I also like how she she took this disaster as an opportunity to settle Will and Roland's yeah. beef like this beef all beef now quashed and it seems like it worked seems like uh huh that's that's what I Roland's- love about specifically the NASA astronauts is they get shit done you know like when it, when push comes to shove they can set aside everything that's going on that is that is petty or unimportant in the moment and just get the job done, especially when it comes to rescuing their fellow astronauts. Um, yeah. It, the, the camaraderie there is, is the overpowering force. And I really like that. Yeah. Uh, I will say NASA, look, if you want to keep people from going over to Helios, you better up the quality of your coffee. That's like, that. that's number one. I feel like for any, any scientist, engineer, uh, any person of, of high importance to the mission needs to have the best possible coffee. We, if we you need French are, vanilla. We need hazelnut. I was going to say, if, we if, need a coffee if bar up there in, <laughs> in space. Yeah, it's free. If, if your mission commander is having her head turned by just a simple vanilla, French vanilla right. roast, you got problems, NASA. That plus 30,000 more a year. Yeah, that'll get the job done. <laughs> You, you can't be throwing just the same packets of Sanka that you freeze dried back in the 60s. You mm. got to gotta get something different. 
I, I know you you have the the copyright on Tang, but that's not going to get it done either. Mm-mm. Uh, anyway, Peloton pulls himself out of the landslide, but he can't see anything because of all the dust. No one's answering the radio, and then he finds Nick buried in the sand. But when he uncovers him, he's dead. Uh, another like I said, I thought the feels came early because I was also touched by how much the Russians have grown to care for their American counterparts. Like Peloton is this yeah. is bereft. He's distraught at finding Nick dead, like, you know, weeping, uh, calling his name. I thought that was pretty touching. Also, mm-hmm. vomiting in a spacesuit has to be one of the worst things ever. And the rest of the episode, I'm just thinking his spacesuit smells like vomit. It's uh-huh. ugh, I get I guess you get na- you get you get nose blind to it, but oh my god. Can you imagine? And, and how do you clean it? Like so I was all worried about them vomiting from their their drinking session in the hab, yeah, which would be bad yeah. enough, but your suit it it hits the the helmet, it trips sure. down into uh-huh. the suit. How do you clean that in space? You can't just take it out with a hose. They got and, no and just dry wash cleaning. It out. You got no nah. way to clean it. Nah, that it's going to taste sour. It's going to taste sour for yeah. well. I mean, yeah, it is done now, but uh, yeah, I, I think you wipe I, out maybe your Maybe they got spares. And they got spares for everybody. Suit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Take Nick's I'd suit. rather go the puke suit than the blue suit. <laughs> Those okay. cosmonaut suits are pretty sweet. I think they're pretty sweet. Uh huh. Not bad. Not bad. They're a lot less bulky, form form fitting. They got the weird hose, but I kind of like that in a retro kind of steampunk way. Just got mm-hmm. this big ass hose connecting to your helmet, man. Yeah. All right. Uh, Ellen and Pam talk about why she really left. And it turns out she knew Ellen would do great things, but now she's angry that she hasn't used her power to change things for people like them, quote unquote. Um, eventually, Ellen's pulled away for a developing situation. Which we know, of course, is the situation on Mars. Um, I have no idea where this is going. Mm-hmm. Um, because this these could are be all, the end of it. yeah, just yeah. her going and being kind of rebuffed by her uh, the love of her life. I don't know. They they established that um, Pam felt something about that. You know, um, mm-hmm. I wonder. Yeah, I don't think this Pam's going to be a big part running forward, but I, I do wonder if this scandal doesn't bring down the uh, the Ellen presidency and then she retires. Like once she's added, she retires to a quiet life with Pam. But yeah, it's possible. Um, uh, of course, you know, Larry, when when she gets back is like, how stupid is this? This is such a bad move. But we all knew that already. Uh I don't know. I, I kind of don't want this to blow up on her. I want this to just be a moment where they could talk about things and, and that's it. They don't have to spiral this out, but it was like half we'll of see. a conversation. It was all just Pam uh-huh. saying, uh, defending herself for lying, quote unquote. Um, I, I I don't know because I, I I don't I haven't seen it again. Although I did I did watch uh, I did watch For All Mankind three times between its last airing, the incomplete series, and this because I watched it once for myself, once with my wife, and then my son's like, "Oh, a space show! I want to watch too." Mm-hmm. But I got the clear I got the clear opinion that Pam and Larry were kind of in the right that Ellen. Uh-huh when push comes to shove would never give up her political re- career to be happy. And they were just making it easy for her, which I don't know yeah. how you feel about that, but, uh, 
I, I mean, that's yeah. why I love, I, I really like this scene. I think, you know, both these actors are doing a great job. Um, the, the sentiment of like, yeah, we did a shitty thing for what we think are good reasons. And you might not agree even, mm. you know, long-term, but especially in the moment here, the, I, I think, yes, it is half conversation because the other half is a, is an apology that Ellen wants that feel that she feels she's entitled to that Pam's not going to give her because she feels she did the right thing. There, there's a lot of significant looks in this scene and, and things that go unsaid, but are clearly like there mm-hmm. and they both understand. Um, and I think Ellen just needs a little bit of time to process this because I think Pam's absolutely right. I, I think, you know, the potential, the squandered potential for Ellen does eat away at her if she stays in that relationship and probably ruins yeah. even the relationship. So, you know, but if she how does she never see her presidency that relationship, then eventually Cause, cause she'll I, realize that's, that's the right choice. Cause at the end of the day, I think that's what they're either getting at is like, if she squandered the opportunity of the squandered opportunity, you know, uh-huh. like if, if she gets to president and she doesn't actually accomplish anything, maybe yeah, even yeah. net, like it's, uh, be, be, you know, uh, she's, she, she loses a bit of ground. It's one thing to give up the love of your life. If you were a president and you're like some kind of, uh, uh, era defining, you know, you get uh, healthcare passed or you get, uh, uh gay rights uh, secured for, for your people, et cetera. But like, if you just kind of are seen as a ineffectual kind of triangulating type, what, what is that? Yeah. I feel, I feel like Ellen yeah. feels completely different about that, especially if it all gets flushed down by Larry. I mean, that's sure. the other maddening layer to all this, too, and why Larry seems like he's kind of been cut out of the administration. Uh-huh. Or he's yeah. he's definitely in the, the, the doghouse of the White House. Right. And this is all still very near, right? It, it's We need to give it a little time before we can see where all the chips are going to lay, but... Probably, yeah. Uh, we'll see how it goes. It's also like effective use of tension, like how many, like she keeps getting phone calls and we know what it's about and she just keeps on putting off until the Secret Service knocks. I thought that was a nice touch too. Mm-hmm. And then I'm thinking as she's standing at the door, you know, longing looks, not wanting mm-hmm. to leave and the Secret Service agent is like looking at his watch. Come on, lady. Mm-hmm. How much does he realize what's going on here and how willing is he to keep his mouth shut? They, they're pretty good about that, the Secret Service. You don't, you don't get like, a ton yeah. of leaks from the Secret Service about anything. So Yeah. Yeah. I think Tight her secret's safe with him. Yep. Absolutely. All right. Peloton finds Louisa through the dust, and she found another dead astronaut. And they're looking around. Everything they built there is gone. Uh, I, I thought in this moment they were trying to make me think that Ed and Danny's mobile hab was destroyed. And I was like, that is not going to work. Yeah, I they do. There's a lot of uh, background, you know, and a lot of people saying, don't worry about that now. It's the most important thing is saving the astronauts. But now that we know the astronauts are saved uh, or the ones that can be saved are saved. uh, They did. They had the one M Sam, it turns out. Yeah, just one. We talked about how fucking crazy that is. But then again, I guess like when is it crazy? You know, when when is it crazy to have a single point of failure uh, 300 miles away, 300 million miles away? Like if you got two Sands, right. maybe you should have three, you know, like it. You, know, you only got one Phoenix. Maybe you need two. One crew. Maybe you need two. Yeah. So we got the M Sam. No more M Sam. No ability to get up and down. 
Jesus. Oh, okay, I, I just got to thought of a stupid theory. What? They're, they're stranded. They're stranded. They also, their fuel factory is destroyed. Now, I questioned a while back wow, why really? NASA, why NASA couldn't, um, you know, use their pre-supplied fuel dump to supply Helios. But no one talked about that very obvious thing. So I, I wonder if there's a problem with it. Not only are they stranded on the planet, they got no fuel to get Phoenix home either. Yeah, um, this is a big fucking fiasco deal that I don't know how they're going to get out of in just two episodes. Yeah, and they're relying at this point on the supplies of NASA, which have been, you know, uh, reduced to supply yeah. a triple the crew, right? Well, I guess a lot of them are mm-hmm. dying off. Actually, yeah, it's probably about the crew that they expected to have at this point. <laughs> Never but mind. they have, so so they got, I was going to say, I think for one fairly functional mobile hab and whatever to have NASA's got that they're fine for now. But like, I don't know what they do for long-term food. That's the thing, I guess. Like you can probably make, uh, well, they also don't have a fucking well now, do they? Well, that's the thing. Yeah, there, there's some issue that's brought up in the, the meeting to save the astronauts that Margo shuts down and is like, well, that's a problem for down the road. I forget what yeah, it was. getting them. It was it was the M Sam being stranded and you know that they they now can't get people up and okay. down. So okay. I don't know how they solve that. Uh, I had this crazy theory of like what what if everyone's right about the North Korean? He did make it. He's dead, but he has a, ca- a, a capsule capable of like leaving the planet. <laughs> the North Korean the North Koreans are going to factor in, man. No, you know. I really okay. Don't well, think then so. I so I like. Here's the thing. So they've got the uh, the Sojourner's wrecked. Sojourner, it's it, is it totally wrecked? Is it wrecked to the point where they could not fix that? Could not modify? It, it seems like the up? fusion engines on the bottom might be okay, and those are the what maybe you could VTOL up and and uh, uh, time it to where you arrive with. Uh, but the thing is, is like uh, Phoenix is moving up there. Oh, like yeah. you can't just go straight up. You also have to like get speed going the other way. And can they rig it that way? I mean, those, I, I just can't see how the the back engines fire at all. They're like at a 45 yeah. degree angle from where they used to be. Like they don't have the shit needed. To, the like the duct tape ain't going to do it this time. Tom Hanks. No. I don't care. Yeah. I don't care how many Ziploc bags and twist ties you got. You're not going <laughs> to. Uh-huh. So yeah, I, I don't know. I was trying to think of like, what, what could they do? There's no M's. Can they dig out the M Sam? And repair it? Is that going to be... I'm sure they could dig it out. Yeah, it's a, it's a matter of can it be repaired with the equipment that they have on hand, right? Because they're yeah. not getting any more. Do so they just yeah, have to stay is it, to like, like under emergency rations and then NASA and the Russians will go with an emergency... Because re- I think they can get, you know, with slingshots and whatever, they can get a supply there with less than a year from any essentially any time. Yeah, yeah, I thought so too. The, the two-year window was about what I was looking at. And, you know, they're... That's the closest approach there, right? So like, right. Well, then you got the travel time, right? Or is that, is, is that window, does that window account for like the travel time or is that just like when they start their mission once every, I think it's just, it's just what, yeah, it's, it's, I'm sure they, they can't leave at the closest approach because then by the time they got there, Mars is going away. So there must be some kind of synchronized deal. So I assume there will be a rescue mission on the way. Yeah, because I don't see them getting out of there with the stuff that they have on hand. I could be surprised. Mm-hmm. Like I said, maybe they could put their heads together and rig up Sojourner just to make a trip up somehow. But man, it seems it seems really hard. 
Yeah, I mean, with all this talk about, you know, failure that, that Deb and Margot are doing, um, I wonder if this is just, you know, the, the first attempt to get a foothold on Mars is a failure. And, and you know, she Margot was talking with Sergey about that too, right? Like yeah, how, how many probes they sent down, how many, you know, times they tried to land on Mars and was unsuccessful. This could be, you know, this season is just a failure. Does, does anyone make it off? Yeah, I, I think you could you could pull your. Okay, your I was trying to think back, of like define like, define failure or like this the the colony doesn't thrive or like everyone well, dies yeah. or and, and like none of the equipment is salvageable down there. It's just like I, I don't know. In my opinion, a a single mobile hab does not a, a foothold on Mars make. But I don't know. We yeah. have that on the moon too with Jamestown. Look how that started. So. Well, NASA's base is more than that. I mean, NASA's base is pretty, you know, they, they, it's, it's not nothing. Um, although, hear me out. Everyone, if, if no one makes it off of Mars alive, it's a great time to refresh the NASA era. The cast? Yeah. Yeah. Because, totally. like, you essentially could just have an entirely new crop of astronauts. You could have a couple of, like, you know, like, he'll keep carrying around and, like, you know, for because I, 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 she's going to get all in the private space probably like I, I'm not saying get rid of but like this would be a clean mm-hmm. break where you could have a younger more dynamic cast going forward gets rid of the old guard astronauts we're probably going to jump forward another 10 15 years anyway um, oh yeah it's not coming it's back tidy but it, it, I just don't know if this season is going to be that heavy yeah I don't know we'll see uh, I do know that Ron Moore loves his high drama uh, so has he yeah. ever done a total party wipe? I don't, I don't recall that, but I, I mean, that's wrong. the question. Like, yeah, I get it. He likes the drama, but my God, you're just going to kill mm-hmm. everybody. <clears throat> All right. Phoenix tells Danielle that they're in contact now that, uh, have two is responding, but they're not sure if there are other survivors. They say, we'll keep you updated. And then they examine this expanding <laughs> or I don't know if it's expanding, but the, the massive dust cloud and start looking for survivors. Yeah, there's a couple scenes where they really show the bleakness uh, when Alexi's out on the surface and it's in the immediate aftermath and dust is so thick you can barely see 10 feet in front of you. And then Mm -hmm. when all that clears, it's just the Helios mission has just been wiped off the face of Mars, man. It's like they don't it looks like they were never there. Uh, There's no like things poking out or it's 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 terrifying. Mm -hmm. Uh, Then we move over to nasa where karen and bill suggested helios or sorry not nasa we're at helios uh they suggest that helios goes to nasa for help and the rest of the team agrees and then she says she's going to make house calls to the families of the missing astronauts um and dev promises karen that he will do everything in his power to find ed i i like this move from karen this this feels like a very this is a very good bit of writing from two characters who have very different perspectives on the situation. Karen, Mm -hmm. who has been through all this before as the family of an astronaut Mm -hmm. who's been in peril and Bill, who's never experienced what she's experienced and doesn't get how traumatic this can be for the families, right? He doesn't even have a family of his own. So like, he's like, oh yeah, we'll just call him up on the phone and it'll be fine, whatever. Somebody else can handle that. Karen's like, no, I need to go there and be with these people because they are, they are wrecked right now. It also honors their like the, the Herber um, 
I guess what pedigree her heritage because that's what the that's what she used mm-hmm. to do as a NASA wife you know like when someone is in danger it's uh, people did it for her um, she's yep. keeping up this example of uh, Deke's wife and honestly she can't really do much at this point like her talent is like human resources and negotiating well you can't fucking negotiate <laughs> with a natural disaster it's time for the engineers and what she can yeah. do is support uh, the, the people that are that are they're scared at home and that's what she does. I thought it was like I said. I don't. I don't hate Karen. She just had a terrible lapse in judgment mm-hmm. and a little bit immature. But you know, she yeah, came, come by, come came by it all. Exactly, and she came by all that honestly. You know, she does. So, yeah, she did. And and I feel like she. There is a very good scene in this episode with her and Jimmy later on uh, that I really liked, where she owns up to a little bit of that. But yep, we'll get there. Yeah. Uh, so Danny tends to Ed's wound and they're, it turns out they're buried under the surface and low on oxygen, but their emergency beacon is working, which is good news. Uh, Ed's got a hole in his gut and the bad news is there's no exit wound. So it's still that shrapnel's in there somewhere. Danny bandages him up and we see that they are very much not visible from the surface. I yeah, couldn't help but think. Yep. Just having this, like, if I don't know if uh, if that's common knowledge, but like, yeah, you don't like foreign objects inside the human body. You'd much no. rather a clean in and out, um, mm-hmm. and then having something in there uh, festering. I I couldn't help but think that Danny enjoyed causing a little bit of pain on Ed here, as he was pressing on his wound. I'm like, eh, is he is he liking this a little too much? I thought that he is mostly in just feel terrible mode uh, until he gives up and then yeah. he doesn't care anymore and he starts fighting. But like, I, I didn't see much. I felt like he just feels terrible. Like this is literally all his fault. He's already fucked oh, this yeah. guy's wife. Like now he's going to kill him. Uh-huh. Uh, yeah. I don't know. Maybe so if you, if you saw some, some demented glee, then uh, well, just a hint, a hint, a hint, or at least uh, maybe I brought that to the scene, assuming that he would feel that, but, it's the lie, the Lacroix of sadism. Just, just, just mm-hmm. uh, the essence, just a whiff. The essence of yeah, pleasure. A drop or two. <laughs> All right, Dev brings NASA up to speed on the status of the Helios equipment. Apparently, the MSAM and Hab One are buried, but no major damage to Hab Two. However, without the MSAM, they are unable to bring any equipment down from orbit, and the crew is stranded on the surface. Uh, and Marga says their first mission is to find the people. Deal with that. Yeah. Yeah. That's, uh, I mean, there's a lot of these scenes are very expositional. Um, just Margot keeping her people on task, keeping them cool the fuck out. She's not a bad leader in a crisis situation either. And um, I'm always super excited to see scenes like this in the show because the, th- the number one scenes uh, that I love in Apollo 13 are the scenes where they're putting together the CO2 filter with duct tape and the hoses and the, yep. uh, they're, they're engineering to solve a crisis. I, I just love that, that that engineers could get in there in the heat of the moment and make a difference. That's yeah. so cool. Yeah. And it's such a refreshing change of pace from our data. Like, I feel like human beings are designed to work, not maybe in a crisis, but like at one problem at a time. And in modern uh-huh. day, we have like a hundred things we're supposed to be doing all the fucking time simultaneously. So like, yeah. it's hard to get any one thing, but like, man, 
being in a situation like this, like your mind is all you can do is focus on the problem in front of you. You can't mm-hmm. like, oh, well, also, by the way, we can't leave Mars. Well, someone's going to die from lack of air in five hours. So how about we save next six months problems for six months from now? It's I don't know. It seems yeah. like a, everybody's talking about living in the moment. It forces you to. And it's I think it's thrilling uh-huh. to see human beings in a positive manner work to overcome this stuff together, especially over like 300 million miles. You know? Yeah, no, that's super cool. Um, and, and I just love that, like, for, from a storytelling perspective, it's it's fresh, right? It feels mm-hmm. good because normally you've got the hero who's got muscles on top of muscles going in and punching a bunch of stuff to solve the problem. This is the exact opposite. Their muscles are the brains and they're punching an invisible enemy <laughs> that you can't see, but you know is there. Like the forbidden planet. It. Yeah. <laughs> you can just <laughs> see its outline when it steps on the security fence. Yeah, no, I I love scenes like this. Maybe because I'm yeah. a nerd and I like to think that nerds make a difference. Uh, yeah, as much as you the, know what? Sometimes the eggheads do get the yeah. Sometimes the eggheads do get to be cool, and I feel yes. like NASA astronauts embody that. Like w- whether it's in real life when you see Apollo 13 type stuff, whether it's fake Mark Watney shit from The Martian, like mm-hmm. they have a uh you know not since like the old age of sail days they have this like can do must do spirit because if they don't they're gonna die. Yeah. You know, like there ain't any, there's no tow truck, there's no roadside assistance, there's no, you know, thing that's going to come collect them. Like they either, you know, science this shit or they're going to die. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, I, I, I think it's great. All right. Danielle's team arrives at HAB 2. They are working on fixing comms and they know that Ed and Danny could be trapped in HAB 1. Um. Just quick scene there. And- a, a, a big change in uh, har- uh, of of heart. We talked about how uh, this Russian guy's had a hard time respecting Danielle, but I think he sees her charging to the rescue in her rovers, and she's got a slightly different opinion. You know, like he's genuinely glad to see yeah. her. Yeah, and I mean, again, I guess I, even I, I kind of expected him to be more laissez-faire about this whole thing, given that the two astronauts that are still out there are nasa or well helios they're not russian um but yeah he's he's all right he's he's doing his best here to care about these not not russian astronauts and i do to be fair i do think that like uh, we even though like just three episodes ago he was like being a massive asshole to danielle and being very unhelpful and like two episodes ago they had a drunken rager a uh, vodka fuel rager where they said a whole bunch of stuff and another thing to each other mm-hmm. but like they have been spent they're like spent what probably six months together at this point and i feel like as demonstrated through lexi especially they you have to be a real son of a bitch the way not a many people are expect, especially people who can get are together enough to like make it through a space program. You have to be a real son of a bitch to not care about people in this situation. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't think, I don't think he is. I don't think many people are. Yeah. So I don't think, I don't think it's crocodile tears so much as, as uh, mm-hmm. he genuinely probably sees her in an entirely new light. Sure. All right. Back in Hab one, the buried Hab one, Ed realizes Danny is going into withdrawal and Danny's being a negative Nancy, and Ed is not too happy about it. He's all like, yeah, we're going to die. We might as well give up. That kind of stuff. Danny going at Ed's anabolic steroid use. <laughs> right, as if it's the same thing. I, it's kind of lame. Like I was like, if, if this is the entire reason we've been seeing Ed shoot stuff in his butt all season, uh, yeah. 
not not worth but i mean it's it's not huh, it's not bad it's just it feels like something it feels it feels like a little anticlimactic that like oh this is just uh-huh. so danny can do a sick burn which we understand is not a sick burn it's kind of pathetic yeah no i i don't know if they're gonna bring that into the forefront ever but honestly yeah. i i don't really care if they do it's what four seconds of screen time with him shooting up twice no big deal. It's why it's why he bailed on Mars. It's not. It's not that he was scared, scared that he's going to kill Gordo's son. It's his 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 nuts have shrunken down to the size of raisins. He's got no <laughs> no huevos, no grambas, no more. Uh, They've all they're all gone <laughs> with the roids, man. Uh huh. I'll do that to you. Mm-hmm. All right. Peloton and Louisa arrive at Hab Two. Uh, they try to help plot a path to Hab One and agree to go out to look for them. And Kelly decides to join. Um, on Earth, the joint team also attempts to plot a path to have one. Uh, Danielle has them hook up their ground-penetrating radar up on up on Mars um, to a rover and use it to search for the buried hab. Also important, the radio is fixed. Yeah, the doctor. Doctor coming through. Yeah. A uh, uh, ship doctor and a uh, body doctor. It's like uh, Dr. Crusher. You know, mm-hmm. when she goes to work on data, you know, yep. you got the, yep. <laughs> they're all mach- eh, bodies, uh, radio antennas. They're all machines, you know, yeah. get, get the work, that, get the work. Dual, uh, positronic uh, neural networks and <laughs> doctoring yeah. uh-huh. degree that she got. Hypo spray, socket wrench. It's all, it's all mm-hmm. the same. Uh, yeah. A little bit, a little, little bit of good news coming in. At what point did you start being worried for Peloton? Uh, it was when he started taking the aspirin and I'm like, oh, he's clearly got a concussion. Clearly. Uh, yeah. And then found that it was much worse later. But yeah, I, it was then. Yeah. I was still shocked that he was dead. I thought it was already going to be crazy enough that they're going to drill holes in his head and yes. do that kind of shit. But like it was genuinely shocking. Like I know this can happen. Like that's the that's the mm-hmm. thing about having a head, head trauma is like you really aren't out of it fully for a day or two, you know, Um. Yeah, you don't want to. You don't want holes drilled in your head in the best of times, and certainly not in space. Right, right. That's that's <laughs> words of wisdom to live your life by. Don't get and holes you certainly don't in your want space. a Soviet doctor using helio. Like like you know, are is, is are these the drills that he's used? Is, I mean, maybe they're all the same. But like, I feel like they're they're the same I, drills he used to repair the radio. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it's the same one they're drilling. Same one they're drilling the explosives with. Like maybe that's why he died. It's like I I, know. I was, but I was like, man, it's a, it's a high. Yeah, like what I'm saying is, he's at this hab that may or may not be equipped with a med bay. Certainly not the med Mm -hmm. bay that he's familiar with. I don't know. Yeah, hab two was definitely the one with the the medical supplies. I think they they mentioned that in the last episode. Okay, cool. So hab one's fucked. He had the best care he could have in this situation, okay, cool. but it was not enough. Yeah, uh, that's true. I mean, Honor they're operating in the middle even. of a like a just like a you know uh, an island there, just like a utility uh-huh. table. Oh yeah, no supplies um, from Phoenix, nothing. Mm-hmm. Uh, all right, we go over to Danny's family as they watch the news, and Karen shows up at their house with a big bag of groceries. And Jimmy says the official story is bullshit and runs off to his bedroom to pout. And then Karen makes dinner with Danny's wife. Uh, I mean, I get that 
Look, it's distasteful. I remember the first day of the Russian invasion where they're showing like a Ukrainian city with the sirens going off and then CNN cuts to fucking Applebee's trying to sell you hot wings and beer. And it's always Mm -hmm. just like, Jesus Christ, sometimes you're just what how gross society can be as a shoved in your face and you know like oh the astronauts are buried and who knows and they might all die but but next let's tell you about stelebris and how to make your dick hard like i get it but on the other hand what is jimmy going on what what does he think the cover-up is here that's the thing i i saw this coming with his friends and i thought okay maybe you know has he been indoctrinated enough to just spin this himself right into conspiracy yeah. territory yeah and it turns out he had uh but the whole the whole scene here and subsequent scenes make it seem just so pathetic right like right jimmy jimmy's broken and he doesn't want to acknowledge that instead he wants to think the world is broken and he sends himself to bed without dinner in this episode, right? Like, yeah, he's the literally way he... a child. Yeah. Yeah. No, I so. thought that they were almost like showing his regression of him just like yeah, yeah, and running up the stairs. And like you said, throw, throwing himself in his own bedroom. Um, yeah. But it's like, yeah, it's like it, it's uh, I guess that's a danger conspiratorial thinking. Um, and that's the trap. Like every once in a while, you'll be right there. It's not like there hasn't been open conspiracies or, sure. you know. Uh, even perpetrated by high levels of the government. It's just that like, once you start thinking that anything could be a conspiracy, literally anything could be a conspiracy. And then mm-hmm. you're just like, you know, you've divorced yourself from the real world. And cause I said, yeah, yeah, it's like, okay, well the, the, the Russians and Helios are saying we're drilling for water. They go drill for water. Drilling for water caused a collapse. What does he think that like the Russians and Helios are working on like a, a fucking nuclear missile? Or that they found I, like intelligent life on Mars, and there's a battle and they, raging. Yeah, there's like covering. fucking tripods at right, vaporizing right. people, and they're just like don't want it to. Like it's insane. Yeah, I was, like, I was like, what? What? I mean, I get years down the road if something mysteriously happens because who got God knows what they've done. But like they're just in the you know fucking wagons the Oregon stage right mm-hmm. they don't have they don't have the shit the set up to do bad I guess I I, I just thought it was it was sad it, it's it is. it's, it's yeah. sad and I'm glad it didn't keep him from f- having this human connection by the end yes and I hope that kind of kicks him out of this gear that he's been in the conspiratorial gear but yeah. we'll see because the other crucial part of this is he hasn't interfaced with his friends on this issue yet. And I feel like they've Which been is shocking. the negative influence in his life currently. So, yeah, does, yeah. This, does this growth or whatever this is all just revert once he gets back with his friends? Well, do you think that like are, I was going to say, like, do you think there's a possibility that they don't see that they need him anymore? But like, I don't know what they did. Um, they stole a statue a like. They have somebody. Yes. Badge. And they have, they have a badge and yeah. I'm sure that they can never use that badge again because they're going to quickly track how that happened. Um, mm-hmm. So yeah, I, I don't, I don't, I also, was kind of surprised they didn't show up. I don't think we said this last episode, but they, do they even need that badge to get that statue? Like that was out at night. At the night. Building. They definitely do. Yeah. Really? I think NASA is like closed. Yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah. The Johnson Space Center, because that's the literally front door of. I, I yeah. I, I imagine you have to go through a checkpoint just as a visitor. Maybe yeah, you're not. Probably right. Probably. But right. like to get to the actual building I, I, at nighttime when you're so like, how the hell you does can, that guy's badge get you through? Well, I also. 
Well, because he's the yeah, he's a high ranking astronaut. They can come down, I'm sure, anytime. Yeah, like, but I, they don't yeah, have him. They have a picture of him on a card. Oh, I thought it was just like all. Look. They probably just like swipe it at, and the arm goes up, and you know, it's. I don't think it's like our, our marine security. It's just like oh, free. no physical guard presence. Interesting. Not, not I don't know. You're, because the other question I had is like, okay, so they're there. They're at the building. They got the truck. They're backing up. Is that statue just there? Did, was it bolted down? Did they have like power equipment? It. There's yeah. got to be guard. There's people in that building 24 seven. Mission control <laughs> is 24 seven. Uh-huh. Like I'm just seeing like they got an angle grinder. There's like 12 feet of spark shooting out like a goddamn glowing rooster. Yeah. How? How How did that happen? <laughs> I don't know. They got it. That's not though. to think too hardly about it. Mm-hmm. I guess. What For and sure. what a lame stunt. Where does that get them? Anyway. I know. Uh I don't know what their role is going to be going forward, but I hope it's without Jimmy, whatever the mm, case. Same. Cuz I don't dislike Jimmy. I want Jimmy to be happy, but he's on a bad path. I can see why Jimmy is the way Jimmy is, for sure. Yes. All right, let's go back over to Kelly and Peloton driving to the Hab One site. Uh Peloton has a headache that he can't shake. He's taking aspirin. Kelly worries aloud about Ed and Peloton does his best to comfort her with a story about his own father. And then they pick up Havlin's emergency beacon signal on the radio. I knew he had a concussion at this point. It was obvious. I didn't realize how bad it was though. Yeah. They, they talk, uh, people might not recall, but Alexei Leonov is the real life first person who ever did a spacewalk in space. And he was selected to be the first man. The Russians were going to put on the moon, but that program was canceled after NASA successfully landed someone back in 1969. Uh, even with that, that accomplishment, he was twice awarded hero of the Soviet union, two orders of Lenin, one of the most decorated astronauts and just died back in 2019. Hmm. Um, so uh, this this yeah like his his he's a easily the most famous Russian cosmonaut li- a living um, and his fame psh, landing on the moon. So I just wanted to you know uh, I just think it's cool that uh, we don't know the the previous generation astronauts seemed like they were a lot of them serving under duress. Remember when they were getting mm-hmm. their cheeseburgers and their and their whiskey and they're talking about like they just got like hey you're a test pilot now you're an astronaut. It seems like um, even though those guys were it was compulsory, it has inspired legions of, of comrades to step forward and continue it. Um, is this as inspiring sure. in Russia to be the, as, it, as, it, as it was here in America? And we don't yeah. we rarely see that Soviet side, you know? Uh-huh. Uh Margo says they can't dig that out by hand. They don't have time. Uh, it's implores her team to come up with a better solution. And then she notices Dev is missing from this meeting room and goes off to find him. And once she leaves, Alayda asks Bill if the Russians ever mentioned Margot. apparently only in passing. And it's nothing, nothing that he found suspicious or anything. Do you think the ball buster is enough to throw Alayda off the trail? Cause like, uh, no, yeah, no, nah, I think, I think she's keep digging. I think she's pretty locked on to. Yeah. Yeah. It certainly wasn't as like, oh, no, they think she's great. They call her the e- easy lady. Uh, no. Yeah. I, <laughs> that would have been uh-huh. bad. But uh, I also like Margot's fucking face when she noticed Dev isn't there. Like she just smelled the world stinkiest, eggiest fart. Mm hmm. 
I, I can't. It's so hard to take Margot after everything that's happened this season seriously. Like I, I used to enjoy her getting into high dudgeon about whatever, but like now it's like get, calm the fuck down. You've you've hmm. you've made some mistakes. Yes. Yeah. Graver mistakes than walking out of a meeting, an important meeting. Um. I don't know. I I, I do like a lot of the stuff that they're they're doing in this episode with Margot, especially once it's all over uh there's a moment that margo has that we can talk about that i really loved because uh, yeah, it's bittersweet i know what you're talking about mm-hmm. yeah um so yeah let's go let's take margo over to dev she finds him he's sitting in the obser- observation room at mission control there trying to free his mind is the best way i can describe it mm-hmm. uh and they talk about his father's obsession with nasa and how he was just absolutely destroyed by an engineering accident that he was partially at fault for. Uh, afterward, Margot leaves Dev to continue thinking. Um, you recall this, this is the incident that stranded uh, Ed Gordo and Danielle up on the moon for so long. That's why it? they went, okay. that's why they went space crazy. Um, gotcha. And it turns out like, cause there was this minor thing of, uh, I forget who it was like tracking down, like who was at fault and all this stuff is like uh, an aha moment because um, yeah, it turns out poor Dev's dad uh, was scapegoated. It sounds like, you know? Um, yeah. Yeah. Unless maybe he was the dude that just fucked all. it all up or, or maybe it's just like the NASA wasn't going to use that. Yeah. Who knows? But the, the end result is that, that one, how connected everything is in the show. That one mistake of had a huge effect on dev and, you know, mm-hmm. was a real setback to the family. His dad went from being a NASA engineer. Well, I guess not a NASA engineer, but a guy working for on parts. That's a part of Saturn five. Something he took a great pride from to now he's driving mm-hmm. cabs and still yeah. supporting his son. I, at least Dev's got an honest kind of came from nothing story. I got to say that about him. Yeah. I mean, I suppose, I suppose so. His parents might've come from nothing. Um, you know, he's the son of a fairly well regarded, uh, engineer who works on space related stuff. So he probably knows a few people pulls a few strings yeah. but do you think he can pull like do you think the man whose firm got fired by nasa in disgrace could pull strings really because eh, I, I, he's driving a cab also, like he it dies he he died he dies before he gets to college or no before he graduated college, college yeah. yeah so you're right maybe not um maybe he does come from nothing a little more than we thought mm-hmm. but I, I like Margot's you know idea here that like his father would have been proud of him regardless right okay he's got a failure under his belt uh, or that that his father wouldn't have wanted the same fate for him right the one mm-hmm. failure in a string of right. successes causes him to just lose all faith in himself and and be a right. broken man for the rest of his life it's not what his father would have wanted for him so no but i also wonder what's going on with helios because we saw that helios was already draining a lot of money from the company before mm-hmm. it turned into an unmitigated disaster yeah so yeah his board's not going to be happy about any of this i was actually kind of shocked that he didn't turn on karen i thought at one point that he might just completely turn like you know i'm so fucking glad i got the great ed baldwin to personally supervise my shit so that he could manage all these disasters because it seems like it seems like danielle pool's always riding to the rescue to bail his shit out uh but that hasn't that hasn't ever happened. And I think it'd be a fair argument. 
it's entirely possible that if Ed Baldwin wasn't a mission commander, none of this would have ever happened. Because <laughs> of Danny, yeah. It, it, well, no, yeah, I mean, they would, right. it would have been an automated, you know, the, the ship's things had been automated. They'd probably have a command. They certainly wouldn't have. They, Danny wouldn't be on this mission. That's uh-huh. the thing. That's the biggest indictment against Ed as mission commander is he brought Danny and Danny is the one that's fucked everything up. Yeah. Danny does not have the right stuff. He, no, he's got the wrong stuff. Um, yeah. So, yeah, I mean, without Ed, Danny's not there and there's no beef, certainly with the commander. Yeah. and Danny. So exactly. And, you know, hell, if Ed hadn't if, honestly, if Ed hadn't brought Danny, he might have been the first person on Mars. Everything would have been they would they would be uh, drinking uh you know march march martian seltzer water uh and everybody everything would be awesome but yeah i i need i guess more scenes like this or more insight into dev because i think dev is the most is the most strangely written character in this show um and i can't tell if it's like he's poorly written or if he's just an enigma for the sake of it Mm. um but you're you're right. I'm like half the time I'm shocked by the statements he makes or the decisions he makes or his reaction to things. Um, and half the time I'm like, okay, I think I get this guy. It's and I can't tell if that's good writing or bad writing. Yeah. With everybody else, well, I, feel I think pretty it's grounded. But because he's the, the, the thing is, is I, I think about a lot of it is I'm not sure how aware he is of his bullshit. Uh-huh. You know, like, I think he kind of knows that he's manipulating people and the but like, maybe I, I don't. I, yeah, I, I'm, I'm not exactly sure how full of shit he is. And it seems like he's got some chops to him, too. Uh huh. Totally. Yeah. He's Lava got tube. ideas. Brilliant. Sure. Uh, yeah. I just wish I understood him more and I could mm. maybe understand why he makes the decisions he makes. Gotcha. All right. Karen and Amber have dinner. Karen answers a phone call um, with news that they've located have one. That's pretty good information. Uh, Jimmy comes out of his room for that news, but goes right back in afterward. Mm-hmm. Fake news, NASA. You're just giving yep. us false hope. Beacons. You want me to believe there's beacons on Mars? Who put them there? <laughs> the Martians. <laughs> nice try, Karen. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, here's the bigger conspiracy is what does Karen need with a giant bag of groceries when all she's making is spaghetti? I wondered how you as an Italian man felt about the spaghetti because it looks like uh, the same shit she was slinging at uh, the outpost. It's not very impressive. Uh, Yeah, like, okay, you might need a whole bag of groceries if you're going to create the sauce from scratch, but I Mm got to believe she just bought a bottle of something, right? Like, there's... Or maybe she was only making... It was to distract Amber, so maybe they did spend hours. Yeah. Plus, dinner. like I like, maybe she made spaghettios, uh, the cater to Ed's kid palate because Ed, he's like, so he likes a freeze dried parm too, and she was trying to push uh-huh. it. So maybe she's gone fucking gourmet since the divorce. Sure, and she's she's really you know serving some some high class noodles with yep. gravy, porcini mushrooms. She's mm. cooking up a, a meat based sauce herself. Yeah, yeah, slicing the garlic so fine it liquefies when it hits the oil. Yeah, doing mm-hmm. it doing it all right. Yeah, for sure. Uh, all right. Ellen returns to the White House and tells Larry that she went to see Pam. And he is appropriately worried about how that might look if it was discovered. But Ellen yes. does not want to hear it. 
based on I, I know it's appropriate worry, but how are people this stupid? How are people this unaware of you know like saying to other people and how that's going to be perceived yeah yes in context of your own actions and whatnot Uh like i just i don't know like (laughs) i don't think larry i don't think larry's stupid but scenes like this make him really stupid yeah for sure uh and and she thinks so and he gets dismissed uh from the room when her vp and uh, some some admin guy i don't remember his name come in um yes yeah being cut out but for how long you know, well, is he this also just a moment thing or what? Also, this whole gee whiz, isn't it? So, it's, it's so awesome that something has pushed me out of the news cycle. And by the time this is resolved, I'll be old news and no one, you, you know, like it, it was super like, yeah, I, this is is Larry just beyond the pale or is this kind of poorly written because like I just can't believe a guy that smart would say something under these circumstances it's like he put one foot in his mouth so it's like oh oh to distract that other foot right in there and the same is about astronauts to to Ellen Mm -hmm. it's insane it's insane I know they have a sham marriage but they've been together for a long time and it makes you wonder how you know with him directing any of her strategy she ever got to the position she's in if he's you know, not if he's making these faux pas here in private. I mean, what must he do in public? Right. So, yeah. Um, Dev comes back to the meeting room at NASA with an idea to use the principles. You you might have really enjoyed this. The principles of grain entrapment to set off a bomb inside the lava tube beneath Hab One in order to drain the regolith from above it. It's actually a pretty ingenious solution. Yeah, there's. Uh, if you want to get the deep lore on grain entrapment, you're gonna to have to. You're gonna to have to Google bald move witness and uh, list, witness that uh, Harrison Ford podcast because yeah. Mm-hmm. So if my dad worked at NASA, he would get the thousand yard uh, <laughs> Vietnam flashback stare. And they started talking about it's just it'll flow like grain, and uh-huh. uh, Will Will and Roland should have been really sweating about being underneath and all that flowing grain. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's a great idea. I it's it's like so out of the box, right? Like that's yeah, that's the thing. You you think okay, well we got to dig down and get them. What if we? And I in wonder a way how to it synthesize works in gravity. I you know it doesn't work exactly like they expect. There's so many risks around it too, which I like. And it's also is not just out of the box, but like also a ability to um, marshal a lot of data, like the the map that they're looking at, the locations of the stuff, mentally yeah. overlaying the the lava tube locations, and realizing the opportunity was there. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it is crazy; it's audacious. But like um, Margot said, it's doable. And yes, there are problems, but they're engineering challenges where all engineers get to work. I thought this was and there are, uh, dead. Are no other alternatives, right? That's yeah. That's the thing. Anybody got a better solution? Anybody got a way to dig 20 meters? Before? This is like uh, Elon Musk. If Elon Musk actually had saved those poor oh, kids trapped yeah. in the mine instead of calling the guy who actually did a pedophile. Uh-huh. Uh, you know, like it's a legitimately awesome, amazing engineering thing to do. Yes. Uh, <laughs> uh, so, yeah, Dev, Dev, a little bit of a, a heroic figure in this episode. Yeah. Yeah, Absolutely. Um, yeah, everybody decides that's the best option. And then we go back to Danny and Ed. Well, Danny still wants to give up and Ed tries to talk some hope into him, but Danny starts talking about Shane and in not the, the kindest ways and Ed hits him and then Danny hits him back and it tears Ed's guts apart. The, the shrapnel in his guts just 
rip him open. He starts bleeding profusely, and Danny has to seal up the wound with some kind of clotting compound, or I, I don't know what it is, but apparently it gets used to have out. like was it called sulfa that in like World War II they pour it in the wound and it would coag- rapidly coagulate. I'm sure they got better shit now. I mean, yeah, my I've God, this stuff, they've gotten really good at patching people up in the last. 10 20 years but i don't know what you uh, call it yeah i don't either um he said it was a he, he said it was something a quick clotting agent he said to pour it in it looks like it's okay. painful looks like it burns like Coagulate. at least as bad as hydrogen peroxide in an open wound yes um but this is what's great about this is it draws on three decades of character history um very effectively for mm-hmm. ed to try to dad up and be like you can't give up hope i saw in mash that you know when fucking radar had his glasses smeared that uh hawkeye said that uh, war's hell father because yeah mm-hmm. I, I and he's like you know what fuck you you were a terrible i'm you're not my dad and you were a terrible dad your son is afraid of you he opened up yeah. and blossomed when you weren't around like really yeah and I, it's, yeah it's, and it's, it's gonna it's, it's gonna come back around later too is the thing that i love about it like right uh, okay you you were a terrible dad and he was scared of you and then he became a, a full person when he was away from you but like then i took advantage of that like, th- that's the other thing danny exploited that right to get into yeah. trouble pull hijinks and blame it all on chain yeah yeah, but also rough. it interlocks with Ed's like be a man because he, you know, when Danny rhetorically asks what kind yeah. of man gets his jollies from bullying little boys, their own son, then, you know, I think that's that that's part of him meditating on his last words to, to Shane because, uh, oh. yeah, be a man like I, you know, what, what kind of example of a man did I show him? And if I had done something a little bit differently, because you got to see the Ed, these are not spoken, but Ed's got to feel like man if i hadn't blown up shane's spot and made him feel like that he's let everybody down and and he's got to be a man which means solving his own problems you wouldn't have a, a 12 year old pedaling the school and getting his ass ran over so yeah like, i mean again, his be a man philosophy is has blown up in his face every yeah. time yeah even, even with gordo like even with gordo gordo became that. a hero but he got fucking killed like yes don't forget and that we don't, they're both dead. and we don't know how that would have worked if they would have lived up there for another like it yeah gordo was a as an outlier and ed thinks it's the blueprint but i i think that that facade that idea has to be crumbling right like the idea that he magically cured gordo i mean it's untested you know he went up there mm-hmm. sure and he became a hero sure but like that was all the experiment was prematurely ended um, yeah, I agree. I think, yeah, I think Ed's like starting to recontextualize even that a little bit. Like maybe that mm-hmm. wasn't the best path, you know, to, or that maybe, yeah, he's starting to realize he was an outlier and mm-hmm. it's not going to work for everybody. It certainly didn't work for Shane. Certainly hasn't worked yeah. for Danny. Yeah. So I don't know, but it's, it's a very good scene and in an episode just loaded with very good scenes. Yeah. And it's also like, um, I, I've always got the impression that like they're being a little suit. Uh, they're a little getting to be uh, a little punchy because of the carbon dioxide, uh-huh. you know? So it's like, it's almost like they're a little drunk. So the truth is really starting to come out, which adds to the tension. Cause you're like, Oh Jesus, what is Danny going to say next? Yeah. I don't think they've gotten to that point yet. I, there's a, no. there's a scene later where like the CO2 scrubbers are max and, well, he's, Ed says in this scene that the carbon dioxide scrubbers are full, so the ox, the at carbon dioxide scene, is okay. at a better... Yeah, it's not, obviously, but, like, you know, they could be a little bit woozy. Sure, sure. 
All right, the team on Mars gets the news about NASA's plan. Um, that's that's Danielle's team, and Will and Roland volunteer to execute that plan. With, with <laughs> After Danielle shames them, I'll fucking do it myself. Yeah, watch me. <laughs> yeah, she volunteers, and then they're like, "No, no, we'll volunteer." Yeah, you just don't have the skills, I guess. You're not uh, the explosive expert. She's not. Yeah, she's she's not an expert exploder. Mm-hmm. Master exploder. Uh, Jimmy's sitting out by the pool when Karen finds him and he says he knew about her and Danny and then they sit and talk about why she did it and how everyone used and pressured Danny with their expectations Uh, and of course I mean it's not something I actively thought about but this scene really brings it into focus of course Jimmy also experienced these same expectations he just reacted entirely different to them right he he rebelled against them instead of his brother trying to fit himself into that mold and it might be because like did he rebel because he wanted to or did he kind of try and just couldn't fit that mold could be you know like danny yeah. could be an approximation of shane but like jimmy's just too and like i don't know maybe he could be too but he's the he's the youngest he wasn't maybe as athletically gifted or talent so like for whatever reason sure. jimmy didn't feel like he could so he went the other way yeah. um but uh yeah it's a piece of the puzzle and then we get another piece of the puzzle at the end of this episode and they fit together really nicely and I felt like the Karen uh, other than going back in time and, and not fucking her surrogate son um, handled this about as well as she could she wasn't defensive yes. she came clean pretty quickly and then didn't deflect the blame it uh, shows how much growth she's experienced too from that moment yeah, like, yeah she's yeah. angry she doesn't know how to feel about it or process it and so she ends up fucking this kid and then as compared to now, right, when she has matured and had time to think about, you know, why she did what she did um, and the choices she makes in her life in general. I, I think it just, yeah, it's a nice moment of, of showing the growth that Karen's experienced, too. Yeah. Uh, there's a cornhole board in the background, which I found interesting. I was not aware that maybe this is progressed technology uh, that we see, you know, a direct yeah. result of the space race continuing cornhole uh, migrated out of the midwest a lot earlier than in our prime timeline apparently yeah 94 95 i certainly was not aware of cornhole until 2000s like early 2000s but it's just me some uh some astronaut from ohio popularized it by playing it on the moon and yeah. uh, the the 100 meter cornhole competitions away. yeah right. <laughs> that they they got up to are legendary uh-huh have to use binoculars to see your target. Uh-huh. So Karen coming clean and leveling and not doing a cover-up, do you think this is going to be a turning point in Jimmy? Because, like, I think, I actually think part of his conspiracy thing is, like, every authority figure has lied to him and yeah. everything is bullshit and, and, and no one tells the truth. And, like, Karen, like, leveling and then connecting with them over their mutual hatred of the horrors of space, mm-hmm. I wonder if it is... Combined with him, you know, feeling part of this family at the end, if that will be enough to, like, bring him out of it or if it's like the last little moment that they'll have before he goes fully into La La Land. That's the thing. I'm so this is a moment with him and I feel like it's a big moment, but also it's just a moment and the constant influence of his friends could push him further in the conspiratorial direction. Yeah. Um, the hot he, conspiracy girl is a big, big deal, big angle. Absolutely, yeah. Who's now either either his 
fake girlfriend or his real girlfriend. I can't mm-hmm. tell. Um, but yeah, I, I think there's an opportunity here. Certainly, if Karen stays in the picture and then kind of guides him through the next few months, I think he she could pull him out of this spiral. But you you could also see this as like, why would he trust that Karen is actually telling him the truth in any meaningful way? Because she'll seduce him. <laughs> Great. It's the one yeah, card she can play. All, all it's the those... one card she can play to make it all make make it all go away. It's the only way she can outplay the conspiracy conspiracy girlfriend. <laughs> it's true. She has to be the rational milf to, uh, to lead him back to the land true, of reason. Truly, have learned nothing if this <laughs> comes to be. Oh fuck! Yeah, no, she's gonna go try to collect them, try to try to catch them all, all the Pokemon. Yep, all the Stevens Pokemon evolutions. <laughs> All right, Kelly and Peloton return to Hab 2, and Peloton is really ill, uh, and they have to drill a hole in his head to relieve the pressure. Yep. What, uh, what the Kel- fuck does he say on the table here? I So there are, like, partial subtitles on this episode, uh-huh. and I used them for the early going, but this scene didn't have them, and I think he said something about being blood kin. Yeah. And he's. I'll be blood. He's making it. He's made, I think it's a multi-level joke that, yeah, he's getting a transfusion from Kelly, who literally isn't a blood relative of Ed Baldwin, but she's his adopted daughter. And so he's kind of making a roundabout joke about I'll have okay. like space royalty blood in my veins. You know, I just couldn't understand what he was saying because the the accent and his distress. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, it was cute. It was cute. And putting a brave face on, you know, her volunteering to be the and of course, them cross-checking her blood is what's going to reveal the fact that she is there. There really is life on Mars blooming, and it's in her womb. <laughs> I, I wasn't sure if this sentence made any sense in context. I this could have been like his his ballooning brain just malfunctioning, mm-hmm. and him just saying mm-hmm. words. <laughs> this word uh, salad. Yeah, I I really didn't know. Anyway, Will and Roland double check and triple check their bomb placement and then wire up the trigger and head for a safe distance down the lava It's like tubes. they say, measure twice, explode once. Yes, absolutely. That's the way you do it. Uh, uh, and it's say- like this is this mm-hmm. scene is all about like Roland and Will back on the path towards reconciliation. They're yeah. busting each other's chops and they're joking and they're they're mm-hmm. rebuilding their relationship through this this shared trauma. Sure, now that Roland is in a hermetically sealed chamber of spacesuit. <sighs> Do you yeah, think he's going to keep all the start all this sh- start all this shit again? Like I at some point not. I at some point the man's a scientist of some sort and I I want that to carry the day, you know, like sure. I understand an emotional reaction in sure, the moment when right. you find out, but also uh-huh. come on man, are you a, are yeah. you a rational thinking human being or not? Yeah. Uh and are you a compassionate human being or not? I don't know. Uh, well, uh, sorry. CO2 levels are climbing with Ed and Danny and they are freezing. Danny decides now's a great time to tell Ed about his and Karen's sexcapade. But before he can get it out, the bomb goes off beneath <laughs> him. Uh, there's a lot going on in this scene. This is the scene uh-huh. we were talking about with the, the confessions about Shane and how Danny used him. Um, and he, Shane forgave him every time. And they don't. Uh, I. I it, what that that was never resolved back in the season one. Like, because no. I remember when Karen and Tracy went to the school and they thought it was Danny that was causing all the problems. Because of course, you know, their parents aren't around and they're a little bit more wild children. And uh, they said, "Oh no, it's Shane, the ringleader." That mm-hmm. 
that I think that was the official point of the show. There wasn't anything to like push back on that. Uh, but now three seasons later, Danny's saying it was always me. I was the one that was instigating all this stuff. I was the one acting out and I, he feels personally connected to Shane's death and mm-hmm. his entire life from the time he's a 12 year old little boy is trying to live the life he stole from his best friend. Yeah. Oh my God. And it's Joel, sad. Joel Kinnaman's face when he's hearing his kid talk, just like processing all of that stuff. Uh, I, I, I thought it, I thought it was genuinely emotionally affecting. Absolutely. Um, and then the you know to top it all off, it's like now he's done the same thing to to his kid and wife, right? He's he's leaving. Yes, Amber so like and Avery a, behind, a, just a, like his not, parents left him behind. Not only have I fucked up trying to live my best friend's life, but now I've I perpetuated the cycle that fucked me up. Yeah. And um, yeah, it's great. Even Ed doing his worst. Stallone impersonation with the boom. <laughs> even he couldn't <laughs> rob it of his dream. I, I, I actually thought that was great, but him mocking himself, but it, I did. It was a little yo Adrian. A, a little bit. Yeah. A couple of those takes. Uh, it, the scene started off a little rocky for me because Ed is now the one who doesn't want to get into the space suit. Right. I'm right. I'm looking at that and, and I have to like sit there and think about, okay, why is Ed's mind changed here? And I he's think hypoxic. it's because it, yeah, of, a, yeah. he's not in his right mind, but B, I, I think he's feeling extreme guilt about, you know, all the damage he's caused to his son and to mm-hmm. everyone in his life through this, this be a man philosophy, right? This, he spent the last hour or two thinking about how this is all his fault. And Danny has uh-huh. been spending a few hours meditating on how it's actually his fault. And then they can come. Yeah. Yeah. That's a great scene. I just thought it was great. I thought, yeah, Ed's great. I, the, and again, they suckered me when that explosion went off. It, uh, even though I should have seen it coming a mile away, right at the most dramatically <laughs> appropriate time. Yeah. To, I have something else I have to tell you, Ed. Boom. Kaboom. <laughs> yep. And they drop down into the lava tubes, I assume. No, they don't. Uh, all right. In the morning, NASA <laughs> calls Danny's house to let them know that Ed and Danny are alive. Man, this is another great moment. And this one is so understated. It's just... Amber and Jimmy hugging with with the relief shining through any conspiracies that are in their mind, any, uh, you know, stuff uh, like Danny probably hasn't been in very close contact with Amber for a long time. None of that stuff matters in the moment. It's just yeah. pure joy. Um, it's pure. pure and it's, and, and the, yeah, that's the thing. It's relief. Not because like it's like J- Jimmy's not sobbing with like joy. It's just pure relief catharsis like yeah. oh my god i'm not gonna have to say goodbye to my brother um yeah and I, it's so it's, it's so well acted i thought but everyone here you know like i don't give a shit about amber but like i was like really choking back tears and all these scenes because they just kept on the emotion just kept on feeding like a wave yeah uh um and it still like keeps on going into the scene with kelly and ed that mm-hmm. we're about to get to yeah, yeah, and they do all this with a, a jump cut to the next day. Uh, we don't even get to see, you know, the plan playing out. Mm-hmm. Uh, but Ed wakes up in Hab 2 to find out that Peloton, Castillo, and Nick are all dead. Uh, Real Kelly's missed high bob opportunity. Real yeah. missed high bob opportunity, Danielle, reading the Bible. Like, uh, yeah, I was, I was hoping Ed would croak out a high bob. <laughs> continue our podcast relevance especially if my dire prediction about everyone here not making like they're mm-hmm. hi bob's done hi bob's Could done be. season season four if it, no one makes it off mars here 
Yeah, let's change our name to Bye Bob. Uh, <laughs> oh, Jesus. <laughs> right. Kelly is devastated, and Ed tries to comfort her, and Danny over in the corner tries to hide his shame. Ah. Uh. Danny feels mm-hmm. like he would like to do that Homer Simpson thing where he steps into the the bushes and disappears, except for it's the walls of the hab. He could just like, yeah, leave his body behind because, yeah, what do you do? What do you say? <laughs> How do you ever live this shit down? It, it, you can't. You have to learn to live with it. Not you got to you got to go to the therapist from Breaking Bad that got over backing over his six year old child when yep. he was drunk. You got. Yep. Yeah. At some point you got to either because right now he's a I, problem dog. Yeah. You either got to you either got to stop living or find a way to live with yourself. Um, mm-hmm. But man, I don't envy. I don't envy the the shame. No, and I really think the shame could lead him down even I don't know. It's hard to go down a worse cycle with the, the fucking pills and the, the mistakes he's making, but like could perpetuate that cycle. I, I think he's going to try once again to cover it up. And they um, got to get, they got to get back. You know, they still, yeah. everyone's still got to do a very hard thing to return oh, yeah. home safely. No, they're, they're out of the immediate danger, but now the, the hard work of figuring out how they get the hell off this planet. <sighs> You know, a lot of people predicted that he would do some kind of sacrifice or get Ed killed. Man, I feel like they are setting up a heroic sacrifice. But, I, boy, I wouldn't feel good about it because he himself knows right. what he's doing to his child. Mm, yeah, there's no no good answers. No good answers left. No, there's not. I mean, the only good answer is that, like, they can get everybody back up to the Phoenix and somehow return the Phoenix home or send a rescue mission and it all works out. But... Yeah, it's it's all about salvaging this thing at this point. Yeah. Um, so here's another scene I really like. The NASA meeting room clears out because the job's done. And Dev and Margo share a silent moment of respect for each other. And then Margo re- revels in the accomplishment just for a moment. And this is, this is what Margo loves about NASA, right? Their resourcefulness, their ingenuity, um, their get-the-job-done attitude. She's she really yeah. has a moment of pride here and and it's all tainted right by her having given the Russians this technology and still being under their thumb to some degree. But like it's a nice moment for Margot. It's a nice moment and to the extent that it feels like a final moment. This feels oh, like really there's like there's two episodes left. I think the other shoe's going to drop. I think by the end of the season Margot's is oh, going to no okay. longer be part of NASA. Yeah, I don't mean she's going to die. Yeah. I mean, she's <laughs> I gonna... thought you meant we just weren't going to see her again. I'm like, what? No, no, no. Like, this is like, you know, a one last moment of triumph where, you know, she helped lead NASA doing this very difficult thing, mm-hmm. a joint operation with the Soviets, uh, private sector. Like, she's just really master of her domain. And I, I feel like this is the last kind of moment of happiness for her. I, I Like yeah. I said, I, Margo's been a lot this season. Uh, I don't wish her well or wish her harm, but it does feel like that's probably the consequences of her actions mm-hmm. i think you're right and then the final scene here is the doctor asking the russian commander what they should do about dun 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 kelly's pregnancy we called it uh he says he'll they'll first tell moscow about it and then i don't understand the danger is he just speaking broadly like yeah what is the danger there might be some thing we don't know about. Like, I'm not sure if the Russians had a plan to like 
Mars babies Sabaton. rip themselves out of the womb and come out with sharp teeth yeah. and claws like face some kind of yeah. yeah like I I don't I mean I get it it's an inconvenient situation like I don't know do you have crash couches for babies like long t- but like putting everyone at risk is a weird thing to say I if he said like it's a very risky thing to bring life on Mars or I don't know if the baby's going to come back or there's going to be some is it a delicate geopolitical like dual citizenship kind of thing like what what is the putting oh, the God. whole crew at risk I mean is it the crew that's at risk or is it the their mission whatever their mission is because he said it puts the whole crew at risk huh yeah I don't know how that would be true and like, how is it a political? I mean, I, I don't know. I guess everything is a political question. But like, I, I really scratched my head at how ominous this conversation was. Yeah, I, I am, too. I'm not sure how that factors in. But but he's not saying we're not going to tell anybody. So we're going to tell Mo- Moscow and her commander before we oh, tell her. Right. Yeah, Daniel. Um, and maybe that's like the, the doesn't sit right with the doctor because he feels like he should go and tell the patient directly. But at least the commander saying they are going to. You know, the truth will come out. They're not going to like and it, like uh-huh. even the doctor said, like, you know, at some point, this girl's going to know. Yep. I don't know. I yeah. The whole crew at risk. I that's uh, that's a big a big uh, a big claim. Yeah, absolutely. But that's it for the episode. That's it. Uh, if you. uh <laughs> That is the episode. If you'd like to send us feedback, it's F-A-M. It stands for For All Mankind. F-A-M at baldmove.com. Uh, we will probably have a email roundup next week because uh, I have I did a lot of travel this week and uh, we didn't have time to do it, but we're going to try to get back to it next week. Uh, appreciate everyone listening. So we'll be back here this time next week to go over the latest episode. We're in the penultimate. Like, man, blink and this season's over. We'll see how we bring the astronauts home. If they're not, or astronauts are coming home, what all political pregnancy questions have been raised. We'll get to that next week. Until then, I'm Aaron. And I'm Jim. See ya.